0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I am here, as always, with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Nikki Kinzer.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. How are you?
0: I don't have a fever this week.
1: No fever? I don't
0: have a fever this week.
1: Your eyes look a little bit more clear, so that's good. You're you're not in a daze nope, like you were I last was week. was
0: definitely... It was hard one last week. Uh, but then I I immediately went to Las Vegas... <laughs> <laughs> which was,
1: good it or was bad. like having
0: a fever. Yeah. yeah, like having a fever. That's okay. I made it. And now I'm back and I am thrilled for our conversation today. We're talking about inattentive ADHD. Uh, it's been a long time since we've talked about uh, the, Have we ever talked specifically about inattentive? I don't even know if that's true.
1: No. And I think that was why this this uh, abundance of requests all of a sudden at the same time yeah. came through about this topic.
0: The people have a right to know, Nikki.
1: It's, it's time. It's time for us to, to talk about this. Yeah.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, but before we get started, head over to Take Control ADHD. You can get to know us a little bit better and listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each time a new episode goes live. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. Uh, and, you know, if again, if we have done something <sighs> wow. in the last, believe it or not, eight years that we have been doing this show... Uh, that has connected with you somehow, some shape or another, and you feel the the gift of generosity welling up inside of you, you could always head over to patreon.com slash theADHDpodcast and uh, you could uh, throw us a buck or a couple of bucks uh, uh, there each month. You can sign up as a supporter. You'll get access to the weekly live stream of this very show where we record the show live uh, and uh, broadcast it to our Facebook uh, private group of supporters uh, it's a great way to get early access to the show and see the real show, the raw show, the unedited show. <laughs> That's right. The Pete hacking all over his keyboard show. Yes, you could see that. That's the show you could see uh, every week. So we really appreciate it. It's a great way to pay it forward and help support the growth and continued development of this show. Uh, and so to our thank uh, to our Patreon supporters now. Uh, tip of the hat thank you so much for helping us out that's
1: right thank you that's
0: right uh we do have a couple of quick announcements uh the first accountability groups are open for spring nikki did you know did you
1: i did i did know because i'm putting them together you're involved (laughs) i'm involved yes and so just a quick announcement that enrollment is open i have two group two groups right now that i'm um, looking to fill one is uh mondays and the other one is on wednesdays and so you can check that out on the website and i'm sure that pete will also put the show notes like a link of how to enroll in the show notes as well um but yeah, they are open. Let's see. They're going to start the week of April 23rd. And the deadline to enroll is Tuesday, April 17th. So we want to make sure that um, if you are interested in joining a small group to uh, enroll before then. And I keep them small. So the groups are only five people each. So if you are interested in this, you know, come, come, hurry, hurry up. up That's enroll. It. That's it your list or your name on the link in the show notes
0: and i think you know everything we've heard about these accountability groups from from people who are part of them is that they're they're great uh that it's a whole different different kind of coaching
1: great they're fun yeah it's connection it's yeah and and this is set up where you know we are setting goals um for the week and and we're talking about challenges and then we're setting new goals for the next week and so people are getting stuff done and they're seeing progress and it's yeah Uh, uh,
0: only other announcement is next week we've got a slight change of schedule uh, due to spring break it is spring break here at least
2: it's different everywhere it seems
0: like it's different now all over the country, and so I say now. I don't know. I haven't been tracking spring break. There should be a <laughs> spring break tracker, uh, but for us, it is coming next week. And so, uh, due to my travel schedule, uh, we're going to be recording the show on Tuesday next week. That is Tuesday the what? Tuesday the twenty seventh. Tuesday the twenty seventh. So, if you're watching this and you generally join in for the live stream Tuesday the twenty seventh, same time, ten o'clock Pacific, uh, we would love to have you here. Uh, and no. Friday we will not be here. So there you go, there you go. All right, let's do let's it. Let's do the show, Nikki. Shall we, we? have a guest. I'm so excited about this. Uh, uh, we have a guest, as we have been uh, as we've been saying and talking about for a number of weeks now. The good Doctor Doug Hur is back with us from Nashville. Hi, Doug. Hi. <laughs> Who we talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug, no, it's been a long time since we have had you uh, on the show. We sure appreciate you coming back and and talking with us a, a little bit about inattentive ADHD.
2: Wonderful to be here.
0: Outstanding, N- Nikki. Why don't you uh, Why don't you kick us off? You have been uh, You have been collecting questions from folks uh, who have been been coming in to talk about inattentive. Why don't you kick us off?
1: I thought a good place for us to start would be to talk about what inattentive ADHD is. What does it mean?
0: Sure.
2: Um, so. ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and the only thing you can actually see on the outside is hyperactivity. So those are usually the ones that are pretty easy to diagnose. There's a subset of people who have, well, there there are three different presentations of ADHD. One of them is hyperactivity, impulsivity disorder uh, is predominant. Another one is inattentive is predominant. And the third one is combined. So straightforwardly, the, inat- the inattentive subtype is simply people who have difficulty paying attention to the, the tasks and the way that we format things on the outside. Um, they just don't have to move around a lot about it. So you don't necessarily see it manifesting on the outside uh, in the same ways. Um, you might feel like they're ignoring you or something like that. But you might not realize this is this is ADHD manifesting in this particular person.
0: Well, all that moving around that you normally see in hyperactivity is going on inside. Correct. That's a great way to see it. That's
2: a great way to see it. Um, and you know, I um, I didn't see anything on this recently, but my tendency is to believe that for a lot of ADHD kids, as time goes on and they go into adulthood. It can have a progression that looks more and more inattentive as time goes on. So, whereas the hyperactivity might calm
0: down, the inattentive piece may or may not. That's really interesting because that would that would indicate you know you, you start getting this this sense that oh, oh they're ADHD they've grown out of their ADHD right you've you heard this before right. and that's that's not necessarily what we're saying here. What we're saying here is you know ADHD can change
2: and I and you know sometimes people can control what's on the outside better than others. Um, I had one friend who's had real trouble paying attention in school and his mom just said, well, make sure you look like you're paying attention. So he would, you know, he would sit there and stare at the teacher and they'd feel great. And he had no clue what was going on. Mm -hmm,
1: Well, and, and from the research I've done, that's one of the reasons too, why young girls and women actually are misdiagnosed is because many times they don't have the hyperactivity. So I can totally see a little girl, you know, or a a young woman in a college, you know, setting where it looks like she's paying attention, but she's way off on another land.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I do tend to think more boys. I think it's ADHD is more prevalent in boys. Um, you know, boys just have more genetic weaknesses in general than than uh females do because uh we only have one X chromosome to work with and all y'all have two. So Ha Hear yeah. that, boys. If, <laughs> <Women
1: have two. laughs>
2: if, if, if one of those X chromosomes has a weakness, the other might carry the day and that redundancy can really um you know, make the uh, female of the species more stable and uh, healthy than the males. So, of course,
1: I knew that all along.
2: Goes to you. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific! I know, this right? Is just this great. Is
1: great! I love mm-hmm. this show so far. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're really—it's all just really about Nikki <laughs> <laughs> and the women out there. <laughs> girl, <laughs> power. Girl, <laughs> oh, girl power! Girl right. power! On.
1: Oh, well, okay. So I'm curious to know, um, because the, you know, I did, I have gotten a lot of comments about inattentive ADD. So it, it's definitely something that people want to understand more. What would you say are some of the symptoms of someone that has inattentive AD or ADD or however you would want Do, Would you say ADD at that point? Or would you still say inattentive ADHD? Like what's kind <clears throat> of medical stance on that?
2: We just call it inattentive ADHD. So it's attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, inattentive type.
1: Inattentive Um, type. Okay.
2: Yeah. So now we have all the jargon figured out. They're basically saying it's the same thing showing up different ways. So um, I I really liked one thing I read, by the way, if you guys are not familiar with um, attitude.com, instead of ATT, it's ADD, attitude. And mm-hmm. I see you nodding your head, Nikki. I, I really like lots of good stuff on there. Um, And an interest-based nervous system, I thought, was really uh, a fascinating way to look at what is ADHD. I was just going through the symptoms. They they say it different ways. Like, it often has difficulty sustaining attention. This is uh, from the perspective of someone on the outside. I mean, as Pete pointed out, right? I mean, there's a lot going on in there you might be paying attention really deftly to a lot of things that have nothing to do with stuff on the outside. Often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes. This one I really have problems with because careless to me is imputing a motive, right? Or a lack of motive, a a lack of. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, that really irks me (laughs) because it's it's not caring. And this is the definition, right? This is our this is our definition. It, it appears to be careless mistakes on the outside. I get that. Um, I just think it's unfortunate to language it that way. It's an inattentive mistake. It has nothing to do with the person not caring.
1: That's a good point.
2: It. It's really important that we understand that um, we, from the inside, look at our intentions and our motives, and people on the outside look at our behavior. You, you yeah. can't judge someone's intentions from the behavior you see, and I think especially someone who has ADHD, you know, you can make up a story that they just don't care about this important thing, but that
0: um, is often a gross misrepresentation of of the truth. Well, it also that's that's another you know you also hear this oh, they're they're bored or they're daydreaming or something else. All of the all of that language is is coming from the outside, right? I mean. How do do you know I'm daydreaming? How do you know I'm not solving the world's water problem? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just because you you can't see it. You can't see what I'm actually doing.
2: Right. And this is, I mean, yeah, this is a really, um, I think, important piece too, that daydreaming, all that says is something's going on inside that we on the outside aren't aware of. But daydreaming tends to put a value on it that says, well, you know, you're basically asleep in there. Yeah, right. this isn't really fair. I I feel like I want to advocate for, you know, people who uh, are living a different life than someone who's uh, neurotypical. Mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you could be solving the world's water problem or uh, doing calculus or any number of things.
0: Well, let's let's talk then as we c- continue kind of moving through these questions. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, I'll say. I'll say the word treatment, but I know that's not necessarily always the right word. Treatment for inattentive type uh, ADHD.
1: Navigating. Yeah, that's, navigating. Yeah. How do yeah. we navigate through inattentive
0: so, ADHD? So I will say that I
2: tried everything. And uh, our culture is so, we believe in pills so much. So we, I do think we need to kind of deal with that. For me, no, no pill has ever really worked. Ritalin was great at helping me to sustain attention. It just completely wiped out my entire personality. <laughs> So <laughs> sustained attention and, you know, no dug in, in any of it, right. you know, I think there are things to be really careful of. I'm really leery if there's anything that people can do besides medication for kids, I, boy, I start everywhere, but medication is my thought because we don't know what all it does to people. Um, but when you, you know, when you change someone's brain chemistry, at a really young age, I don't believe companies are all forthright and have our best interests at heart. I think they're selling a product and they want to promote it as as being as good as possible and long-term problems may be happening that we still don't know about. So anyway, just to say, you know, when I was in my adult years, I was trying all kinds of different things, but... Um, I'd still be, you know, I don't want to do that for my son. I'll just put it that way. Exercise is really important. You know, our nervous systems are made to be attached to our bodies. Our mind and our bodies are connected. The more that we have lots of physical activity and movement, I think the better our minds work. Exercise isn't just uh, some sort of optional thing that healthy people need to do. We all just need to do some exercise. Right.
1: Well, and I think you bring up a good point that it's really, if if we can look at it as it, it it's just not optional. I mean, it's just something that we need to do to take care of ourselves, just like brushing our teeth, just like taking a shower every day. I mean, it does kind of shift that. Um, and something that somebody said to me the other day that I just absolutely loved is she doesn't use the word exercise anymore. She uses the word movement. She's well, just increasing you. movement.
2: No, I hate exercise. I just want to move my body. Just you know? move.
1: Right, right.
2: I just have to move just my body. Just have to get some have movement. have
1: to move yeah. my body.
2: Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, along with that, I want to plug again for uh, meditation. We don't have any idea what the limits are yet of what you can achieve through meditation. I want to suggest you know, um, mindfulness. I always have people start with Insight Timer, which is a free app you can get. If you uh, if you go to the section, there's a little button across the bottom that has headphones. And what that is, is a bunch of lectures and guided meditations. Tara Brock, if you put in her name, just T-A-R-A. The first thing that comes up is uh, Vipassana. And it's just a great place to begin learning about what is meditation, how does it work. If you have the experience that it's helpful to you, That's in my mind, much more important than trying to figure out why. Oh,
1: right. Yeah, I agree.
2: The the more that, uh, we can use tools effectively, you know, that's something I would, um, definitely encourage people to do, starting with mindfulness and then moving also into self-compassion because Mm -hmm. in order to, you know, get over some of the self-esteem issues that people generate along the way in our culture, um, and especially, you know, as it relates to ADD, when you realize how frustrating it can be. I don't know. I have, I have so many stories. I was actually thinking about, you know, this podcast last week, and I was uh, teaching a small group of doctors. You know, during that, I, I just started to notice things that were kind of ADD about me and frustrating. Like, you know, I got some coffee, and the first thing I did was like spill it on myself <laughs> because I wasn't paying attention, Right. Right. And then I lost my pen. Uh, that checks out. Right? So, so I lose my pen. I, I'm looking all around the table, grab a pen, find, find a pen. And then I look and right there in front of me is my pen. Right. Now I have.
1: How did it get there? Uh,
2: yeah. And, and, you know, like, how did it hide so effectively? That's right. <laughs> right in front of your face. Right in front of me. Like, I literally just ridiculous. So. You know, it becomes, it can be really frustrating to have these kind of experiences over and over and over again. And rather than imagine that that's all going to stop and change because you finally get your act together, to learn how to have self compassion is a much better strategy because it's not going to change. The one comforting thought I think is that our, our brains really aren't made to constantly pay attention, no matter what the crowd is, how, how well educated or brilliant they may be. On the average, our minds are wandering 50% of the time. Paying attention is a very effortful thing. And the fact that, um, you know, 5 to 10% of us are more off the end of our attention tends to wander more than other people's. Um, I you know I don't like the idea of pathologizing us. I just think it's important to remember we're not the only ones. People's minds are wandering all, all the time.
0: It's high caloric activity, right? There, there's a high calorie burn to to focus.
2: I feel like your brain weighs about three percent of your body weight, and it uses twenty to twenty five percent of the calories. And if it can take that task of focusing and drop it down into the lower parts of the brain. Now it's much more efficient, but if you have to focus, if you're and, and I'm pointing to this medial prefrontal cortex because that's where it happens. When you're focusing really intensely,
0: it is massively
2: expensive
0: in terms of calories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the that it's experience, right? When I when I find I have to work hard. To to focus, to attend to to some subject matter, to learn something new, uh, to work on a project at the cost of not working on something else for a client. Like I find myself even when I'm standing here at my desk or sitting at a table, I find myself exhausted at the end of the experience. Uh, I am just physically exhausted. And and I think that's uh, that's what you're saying. You know, Mm -hmm. mental work is, in fact, work.
1: You know, I work with clients all the time about not, you know, being kinder to yourself, you know, giving yourself grace. And what would you say to your best friend if this happened to them? Or, you know, you, you wouldn't say the same things to your daughter or your son or your husband or spouse, you know, um, and and so giving yourself that same kind of grace and acceptance that this is just, it, it happens and that's okay and, and you move on. And I love how you said before, you don't have to ask the why. You know, you just, you, you, you keep going forward. And I think that's, that's a big, as a big part of it of accepting that and then being able to move forward with these tools and not feeling bad about it.
2: Um, I, I like these notions more than the notion of treatment, you know, because the truth is everybody needs to exercise. And just because it helps your attentional capacity, um, that doesn't mean that it's a treatment per se, like you have a disease. Mm-hmm. I, I, like to stay as far away from that kind of thinking as possible. The only exception is if you know you need to go in and get medication for some people that's just a lifesaver and that's fantastic. Uh, for me, organizing my stuff is just Waterloo. Yeah. It's, it's not fun at all and um, I mean I used to work so hard here's, here's an embarrassing moment just to, to fold laundry. For whatever reason, I mean, it it was so hard for me that I would literally, um, you know, fold a basket or two of laundry and then take a two hour nap. Mm. (laughs) It was
0: just that hard. It's that yeah. hard. Well, that that actually gets into one of the, the questions that we, we had, uh, which is, you know, when you have inattentive, how do you find, how do you muster that motivation to actually get things done? Not even just, like you say, the little things like folding laundry, which in your brain seem like very, very big things. Well, look,
1: doing
2: the dishes.
0: Where? Doing the dishes, all of the things, right? So, yeah. Dishes. Where do you find that motivation?
2: Well, first of all, I think, part of it is to realize you're not going to sustain attention the way other people are. And if you do, it's because you trained yourself really effectively to do so. So um, my first thought is if you have a task you need to get done, you know, you have an hour and you need to do the dishes or do your laundry or whatever. I would start out by setting up. If this is something that your soul just, just you know, writhes when you try and do this, um, you could set up to work on it for five minutes, take a break for 10 minutes. And that, that that's really remedial. The next level up would be work on it for 10 minutes and take a break for five. Mm-hmm. You do not reward yourself for what you accomplish. You reward yourself for taking the time to work on it. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, that's, that's Can you really say that big, again? right? Because that's huge. This is one of my life saver So a story about this is I was hugely behind in my paperwork early in my career um, in my graduate training. I was very behind on paperwork for patients because I hated trying to write about patients as though I was reducing our hour-long conversation into four sentences on a legal document. It just made me crazy because it seems so dehumanizing. You know, this person is a human being and I'm getting to know them. And I have to write about their psychotic symptoms and their brain disorder, whatever. So I get way behind. And I did two things. One is I went into the clinic that I was working at on a Saturday when no one is there. Mm -hmm. So I I was there with incredibly low stimulation. Um, Two is I would work on the the progress note is what it's called, uh, legal form. I'd work on the progress note for ten minutes and I'd take a five minute break. And the key there is that I would reward myself with a five minute break for each ten minute period that I put in, regardless of what I got done. I reward myself for the time invested, not for the progress made.
0: Because what you're what you're saying is that the the time you put in is the activity that that's worth reward, exactly. right? That's a, like just finishing a progress note is an outcome that you know uh, maybe neurotypical. Uh, you know, if you're t- truly neurotypical, you can reward yourself for for volume of widgets accomplished, right? The,
2: the other piece of this is if I look at a big pile of progress notes that aren't done yet and need to get done, I'm going to collapse internally.
1: Oh, sure. I'm going
2: to feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. because I don't know how long it's going to take me to get one of those done. And it, it just, I mean, I'm stronger today, but, you know, this is, I was a full fledged in my late 30s adult when I was doing this stuff. And it was just overwhelming. I think it was one of the characteristics of ADHD people, they say, is um, rejection sensitivity or emotional yeah. hyper arousal. So I would I would feel really overwhelmed by, you know, looking at this and feeling like a failure, and feeling like a fraud because if I'm going to be a doctor, this is one of those things I need to do, and that's true. But anyway, when I just said, if I work for ten minutes, that's progress. It felt good to know that five minutes, ten minutes. I had five minutes where I would walk outside, and you know, just wander around, look at the trees and um, get myself jazzed up to go back in and do another 10 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. So this, this goes into something we were talking about on another show, the practicality of and, and the sort of the rescue you can feel from breaking down tasks into different kinds of lives. I talked about this a set of graphics I had to do that was just huge and daunting, but when I added them to my task list in, you know, just do one graphic today. Once I check that off, that feels like an enormous accomplishment. It's not do 140 graphics. It's just do the one I can wrap my head around and then move on from it. Schedule something after it. Like do something to free myself from that activity. Absolutely. Uh, What
2: I'm saying is one step still different than that, which is if I have half an hour and I can focus for half an hour, then
0: that's what I'm... Celebrate that. Whether
2: I get the graphic
0: done or not, I'm a half hour closer.
1: You bet. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. Yeah.
0: We are, we are running so tight on time, Doug. I know you have somebody who's going to be there soon, and we have so many more questions. Um, can we can we just do a little bit of a rapid fire and, yeah. um, and, and just have you respond to some of these questions? Is that okay, Nikki? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm going to let you do it.
0: Public knowledge of inattentive type is especially low. As a parent prepping for an IEP meeting uh, and anticipating resistance, I could use a few tips for explaining inattentive type and useful accommodations. How would you bullet that out for uh, administrative types uh, and special ed types who are when you are anticipating resistance? Well, the, boy, um, and you know, I guess from a from a an adult perspective too. You know, how do you handle stigma and judgment when it comes to accommodations for adults in a professional setting?
2: Well, you know, I think for a lot of adults, the the biggest stigma and judgment is from within. Um. You know, hopefully you're dealing with people who have a little bit of grace. Um, hopefully you're you're able to manage yourself well enough that um, you're really doing things that are typical. You just might do them more often than other people. The kind of mistakes that you make. If if it becomes mm-hmm. too pronounced, then you know you probably need to have conversations where you just own, "Hey, this is part of my style," and you know, creating accommodations for yourself in the professional relationships that you have and in the personal relationships that you have um, to make sure that the other person understands the particular difficulties you're dealing with, doesn't take your behavior personally, right? Because if yeah. you don't tell them, they're going to make up a story and it's not going to be a pleasant one, mm-hmm. right? Almost nothing right. makes up a really positive story about a bad experience. Um, in, in terms of the, the resistance in the institution, you know, I think to go in first of all, you know, armed with you can Google this and get that symptom list for inattentive. Um, if if you already have the diagnosis done, you know, then hopefully that's straightforward. Um, they they really should know about this, and if they don't, um, you probably have bigger issues on your hands.
0: Yeah, I would I would certainly be interested having just gone through this process, you know, with my own kids. Uh, I would be really interested in where that – where the anticipated resistance is coming from. Um, is, is that – do you have experience with other parents who have reported that dealing with these particular people are difficult? Like what is that? what does that really look like? And then, you know, approach it from from there. Uh, and, and, you know, here's another question. Um, we've got somebody who uh, – this is fascinating. And, and it gets to your – point about making up stories that aren't good um, I was at a union convention in coloring to help myself pay attention to the speeches and debates when the sergeant-at-arms came to our table just to make sure everyone was paying attention uh, giving uh, this the questioner a pointed look Uh, I've gotten similar looks when I crochet. I'm too self-conscious to color or crochet in professional meetings, so I'd found some mindless games to play on my phone or laptop, but now mindfulness and being present are all the buzz, so often people will keep glancing at me and make a comment about putting electronics away so that we can, quote, practice active listening. Yeah. (laughs) That hurts my heart to read that question. It hurts my heart.
2: Yeah. So, um, what I used to do, um, and of course this is back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, God was young and we didn't have cell phones. Um, I I, remember
1: those days,
2: (laughs) yeah, I would, I would go ahead. I'm, I would call myself an interactive learner and basically I would, uh, say a lot of things out loud that were on topic or that would, you know, try and keep me on topic, you know, so I try and make it into a conversation instead of a dialogue or a monologue. Phones are massively addictive. And for someone with ADHD, I feel like that is really kind of a seduction problem. So, you know, I'd say go back to the doodling. But, you know, the other thing is if, if someone's going to come along and be judgmental, I think you have to just trust yourself and shine them on at some level because you have to do what you do to take care of you and bring as much attentional capacity to the situation that you can. And at the same time, you know, not try and look like everybody else when you know that's not going to work for you. Um, if you can have a conversation with that person before or after, or maybe just take them aside for a moment. Um, if You know, this, I think it's difficult to have that kind of conversation in public. Be as, you know, as present as possible for this process. Thanks for your concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there are going to be people who just don't understand. And to remember, look, their judgments reveal their limitations, not mine.
1: Absolutely. Right. And don't yeah. put your energy towards that because it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, as much as you can, just, let, you know, keep focusing on how you can focus, what you need to do and, and, yeah, not worry about them.
2: Well, and, you know, sometimes you do need to tell them, you know, because, you know, maybe they, their judgments are their business, but if, if they have to make decisions about your participation, mm-hmm. that they're going to exclude you because they feel like you're not interested. I think to say, hey, I'm very interested. You know, so it's, it's, a, it's a judgment call.
1: That's a good um, point. That's a very good point. And maybe, yeah. you're, you know, in an ideal world, hopefully we're educating that person that maybe they won't make that judgment again. I don't know, but that's what I would hope is that yeah. now that it's, a, you know, if somebody is is courageous enough to say that to them and say, hey, this is what I need to do, maybe they'll second guess, you know, how they approach the next person they
0: see doing that. You never know. Uh, we've got questions about inattentive. I'm 41, but new to my diagnosis. Not sure if this is my ADHD or my peculiar brain. I have tremendous trouble with writing uh, and we've got quite a, a long story that I'm trying to to uh, break it down, part of a Toastmasters club organized at the company where I work, I signed up for, it says, was guilted into a Toastmasters speech contest on Tuesday. I've had two weeks to prepare, has had an enormous, uh, enormously difficult time actually sitting down to write the speech. He says, on Friday night, I settled into work on the speech and ended up watching Netflix instead when I finally closed Netflix, dot, 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 right? And the rest of that is absolutely characteristic to my experience. Right, and and how hard it is to get over that piece. But as as Nikki says, right, uh, he says I don't have the same trouble writing emails and messages to people when when it's essays or speeches or cover letters. Uh, You know, I I I feel like I'm pulling my own teeth out. Is this an ADHD thing? Is there anything I can do? And you know, it makes me think about your your issue with writing um, your uh, reports. Right? I mean, it. What are you rewarding yourself with?
2: Yeah, Uh, let me let me though. Another piece of this, it's not so much writing that's difficult for me as reading. I listen so much faster than I visually read. You know, I'm wondering if um, this gentleman could write down an outline and then practice saying the thing out loud, because that's what he's going to have to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, see if as he's saying things out loud, he records himself on his phone and then, you know, um, is able to take elements of that and then... Maybe write those into the outline so that he doesn't feel like he has to do it this particular way and just run into a wall in his mind.
0: Well, that's interesting, and 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 maybe just when you're thinking about changing uh, the sensory experience, maybe you know write down a few words for an outline as you suggest, but maybe try dictating it, yeah. maybe try recording right. it uh, to get the words out of your head in a different in a different modality. That might be an interesting thing to try. But I would I would say just again from personal experience, this is totally an ADHD thing, right? This is this is one of those things that absolutely, absolutely fits the experience of ADHD. Come on. Yeah. So well, don't worry about that. You're in the club, man. You're in the club. <laughs> uh, well, is, and is his, his next
1: question was actually very similar because it was about um, practicing his guitar. And, uh, and and I think that all of the different um, strategies and, and things that we've talked about kind of goes in the same. I mean, it's the same type of um result right i mean trying to practice the guitar for five minutes and then going and
0: yeah i think it's exactly i mean mean, it was exactly the same thing that we've been talking about which is you know are you breaking down the and and rewarding yourself for effort or are you rewarding yourself for you know um for for some sort of an outcome and i I, I think yeah 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 This is fantastic, Uh, and thank you everybody who wrote in with questions, uh, and thank you, uh, Doug, for your uh, help and support. Doug,
2: happy to come back another time. Um, You know, even even soon. I'd love that. I just uh, I do have to run now all right well we will
0: wrap up the show then thank you everybody for downloading and listening to this particular episode of this particular show we sure appreciate your time and attention and we will have dr doug back uh soon to finish up some of these questions Uh, thank you you, everybody all right Uh, thanks everybody talk to you next week